And we are back with Focus Target Podcast. As always, I am your ever-gracious host, uh, Smiley, and with me, my compatriots, my comrades in arms, Shy and Van. And last time on our podcast, we tried to give you guys a little taste of what's to come in the gaming world with our wrap-up of E3, and hopefully we provided some interesting games for you to look forward to in Q4 and Q3 of this later in this year. But I can hear the cries of the masses now, smiley. That's all well and good, but this is the dog days of summer. What am I supposed to do today? I need some games to keep me busy, and faithful listeners, we are here for you. So today, our primary topic is going to be going through some of the games that we're all playing, and hopefully that'll perhaps give you the uh, give you a, a launch point for maybe to hear about some games that uh, you could go out and play today. Uh, but before that, we're of course going to do our question of the day, and today's question of the day is, what video game or video game series would you most like to see resurrected or brought back to a current con- uh, current generation console? Today I'm going to start with Van. Van, what uh, what game series would you like to see resurrected, my friend? You know, I was really excited when you first posed, po- posed this, poised this question, whatever, when you first brought up posed, the question, posed. posed this question, I was really excited because um, it's one that I've been looking forward to for a long, long, long time, and I don't know if looking forward to is the right um, way to describe it, because I don't know if it's ever going to come out, but I will make a lot of fans by saying um, that my favorite, or my, my uh, what the hell was it called? series that I want to see resurrected would have to absolutely be the Half-Life 3, the Half-Life series in general. Um, and that includes Portal 3 because they typically come out in the same time or the same package. But uh, of those two, obviously, would be the Half-Life 3 series, just getting, you know, Gordon Freeman back and and hopefully uh, they bring Dog back and all those other fun characters that we've learned to love through uh, Part 2 and, and of course, uh, Gordon from Part 1. But so yeah, why, it, would, it would absolutely have to be. Why do you think they haven't made a Half-Life 3? There's obviously been a big demand for it. I mean, it's a game that, that comes up a lot, especially at game conferences like E3, which we talked about last last time, that it seems like there's a demand for it. Do you have, do you have any, I don't know if you, maybe you don't have an answer for this, but do you have any thought why they haven't made a Half-Life 3? I have. I, I, that's a funny question. I, I actually have given it uh, quite a bit of thought. And there's one of two reasons. Either A, it's never going to live up to the hype. There's just no way you can ever release it because it's just not going to happen. And people are going to smash it for whatever reason because it's so freaking hyped. Plus, it's kind of a different generation now since it's been so long since Half-Life 2 came out that if someone jumps into Half-Life 3 who doesn't have that passion, that connection with Half-Life 2 or Half-Life 1 or growing up with it, um, they might not get the nostalgic aspect of it. So it may be a poorer game than hyped. The other thing I'm thinking, and I'm hoping this is the case, is that every time it's always come out, it's been absolutely groundbreaking with um, graphics or you know AI or something like that. I remember it was one of the first games I ever played where the head and the eyeballs actually tracked the player as you ran by. So it really made you feel like you were the character because you could look to the left, run by someone, and they'll like pay attention to your presence in the game. Um, and that was one of the first times I've ever seen that type of AI reaction with the character as opposed to like a scripted, you know, pixel. Um, so I, I think either they're waiting for the next big thing to innovate or it might not live up to the hype, but I'm hoping it's the latter. I see. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Maybe they just, they don't want to release Half-Life 3 until they can really knock the socks off of the, the player base. That's right. Maybe they're waiting for Morpheus or, or some other type of, um, virtual reality to, to release it on. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair point. Um, what about you, Shai? What do you think uh, would be uh, a really exciting video game series that you'd like to see come back? Um, I would love to see the Warcraft strategy game series come back. So not World of Warcraft, but like nope. the actual original like Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3, the uh, yeah. turn, turn-based strategy games. Yep. Well, I guess it was it was real time strategy. Sorry, not turn based strategy. Real time yep. strategy, right? Didn't um, Starcraft wasn't there just a, a recent installment of that? I guess well, I say recent, but it's, what two years ago? It's still in process. It's because the, they split Starcraft oh, two okay. into three parts. So they did the Terran story first, and then uh, Heart of the I think it was Heart of the Void. Uh, no, um, I don't remember the, um, so the, then, the Zerg part was recently, and then the, the Protoss part is coming out. I think this winter, actually, the last chapter of Starcraft two. Nice. Okay, so then, then let me ask you this. How come Warcraft versus StarCraft? Um, all right, so I think, in my opinion, and so um, I didn't play Warcraft 1 or 2, really, but I played a ton of Warcraft 3. It was actually a big part of my high school 
uh, like junior and senior year, I, I'd spent a lot of time, um, like when I was done with homework and didn't have stuff, other stuff to do, like other responsibilities in the house, I would sit in my room playing Warcraft 3. Um, but I think Warcraft 3 innovated from the real-time strategy game in that it allowed you to um, develop heroes. Like the armies weren't as large, but you had hero characters that you could build and develop. And uh, and basically Warcraft 3 is what spawned Dota, which then spawned MOBAs. And uh, and so I, I, thought, I always thought that was a cool concept, and I would love to see them continue from Warcraft 3, have that kind of hybrid style where you have kind of smaller armies, but you have these kind of hero characters you're you're upgrading throughout your you know through the through the game. Yeah, I thought I played Worldcraft three as well, and I thought that was interesting how the heroes, um, how you could actually level up the heroes and really start to incorporate a lot more RPG aspects to it from its predecessors, which I guess in a way that kind of led to World of Warcraft as well, right? Like, they, they kind of went off the deep end RPG-wise with it, but definitely a, an interesting series. And, yeah, I played I played Warcraft 1 and 2, actually, back back in, I think, middle school. And uh, they were they were definitely a cool game because I never played a game quite like that before. That was my first opportunity to even play a real-time strategy game. So I was never very good at it. That's one of the things that kind of stopped <laughs> I me. Like, I was, I was pretty bad. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was never good at it, and I always had to look at my keyboard. I don't know why, but with that RTS, I always had to look at my keyboard or, or remember, you know, F builds a pylon or whatever it was. It was, it was yeah, I can never get good at it either. Build more pylons. Um, yeah, Must construct yeah, additional maybe. pylons. Must construct additional pylons. Um, so to answer my own question, the video game series... I would like to most see resurrected, and I, there were, I'm, a, I'm more of a retro gamer. I have a lot of favorites from the Nintendo and Super Nintendo era, as, as I've discussed a little bit in the past, and so this was a hard choice for me. But I'm gonna go a little bit off the map with my with my selection, and I'm gonna pick the Colony Wars series. I'm not sure if you guys have even heard of that. Um, yeah, Colony Wars was uh, a game. The original one was a game for the PlayStation. I think actually all three. There was Colony Wars. One, two, and three, which was Red Sun, and all were for PlayStation One. I don't know if anything ever came out beyond that, but they were a uh, they were a single player space simulation type game where you basically uh, it, it, all three of them kind of span this futuristic galaxy where there's two major factions who are at war, the upstart uh, kind of uh, federation of free worlds against the colonial navy and um it was it, it's basically i mean it's basically just space combat right and uh it was a lot of fun I, I never got to play the second one but i played colony wars one and i played colony wars three and both were were really good games and a lot of fun and the key to it was they they were there was enough simulation there to make you feel like you were in a spaceship but it was it was it was easy to pick up and play. There was a, there was a lot of action and and it was just fun to fly around and shoot things and battle aliens, battle space stations, and all kinds of stuff like that. So I think on a next gen system, if they could keep the spirit of those games and have a fun arcade shooter, and I mean maybe something like No Man's Sky or games of that nature may may fill that void. I mean there's always uh there's always uh, Star, Star Citizen. Citizen. Star Citizen, yeah, I blanked out on it, even though I'm a backer, which is funny. But uh, I think the the space sim genre is definitely something that has a lot of support in the community because people like people like space simulations, I think. It's, it's pretty common. All right, so before we jump into our into our into the meat of it, I, I'd like to just mention a couple little cleanup items from last time. Um, there was a point in our last podcast where I was trying desperately to come up with the name of some of the um, virtual reality machines that are currently in development, and you've probably heard a lot of the names. Uh, the ones that I was trying to think of was Oculus Rift. Van mentioned Morpheus earlier. Was there another one, Van? Was there a third? Uh, no, those are those are the big those, ones. Those are the PS4 two big. one for P- PC. The, yeah, there's there's a couple smaller ones as well. I know there's there's a lot of development going into virtual reality right now, and, and hit and like haptic he- armbands and headset, and really trying to pick up the immersion. So um, we'll obviously continue to continue to report as uh, as that kind of stuff develops, because I think that's perhaps where future video games of the future are going. So let's jump into to the games that we're playing. I think today the best place to start would be the games that all three of us are playing together, which there are a couple of those, and the biggest one is Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV is a massively multiplayer online RPG, which we've talked about a little bit in the past. It's available for both the PC and uh, the computer, and 
I think they stopped um, the PC and the computer. That that's good. That's good. Also, <laughs> also the PlayStation, PlayStation. I believe three and four are both also developed. But I don't think Xbox is that right. Can can we guys correct me on yeah, that? They don't, no, there's, there's no, no Xbox, Xbox support, support for this. Um, there was for Final Fantasy XI, but not for fourteen. So um, definitely recommend it on either the PC or the PlayStation Four. I think PS3 is a little is having a harder time keeping up. And I know they've said, if correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, I believe they said they have they don't plan to continue to support PlayStation Three going down the road. Or maybe that's just maybe that was just eleven. No, I think you're right. I think because um, they did that big upgrade campaign where you could upgrade your yes. PS3 version to PS4, mm-hmm. and I think that was to encourage people to get off that platform. Yeah, I think I think they're trying to to not be limited as much by the PlayStation 3. But uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's a pretty standard fair MMO. It's 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 kind of of that World of Warcraft lineage. Lineage is a lot of quest based EXP. Uh, the end game is is kind of raid mechanics where teams have to work together in, in large groups to to deal with in a lot of cases gimmicky situations that you can get through. But it's a very vast game, and there's a there's a lot that it offers to a lot of different players and a lot of different play styles. And we've all played it to some degree in the past and are all playing it to some extent right now. Um, so, Shai, I know you're probably the biggest Final Fantasy XIV player of the three of us right now. So what, what do you want to tell us about Final Fantasy XIV? Or more appropriately, what do you want to tell our listeners about Final Fantasy XIV? Well, I think, and I mean, and I think that you guys wouldn't disagree in that, like, I spend a lot of, uh, a lot of my considerations when it comes to games are aesthetic qualities of the game. Like, I really care how how the game looks and how it presents itself. And I think that that's one, one area where 14 really stands apart from almost every other MMO on the market, whether Western or, uh, or you know, an Eastern type of game. I think that there's some really, there's a bunch of other really beautiful MMOs out there, but 14, I think, is beautiful in a way that, that no other MMO is really captured yet. It is, it is truly a beautiful MMO. And, um, and I think that Square Enix really has a level of polish with it um, that really makes it stand apart. And I think, in my opinion, the other big, draw to it i think um i mean you i think you brought up a lot of great points about um just you know about the game itself but i think that the response the the support that goes along with the game from from square enix is really huge you know um a lot of us have played other games other mmos you know whether it be terra or old republic or arcade or tried some different different mmos out and and normally um you know there can be a lot of issues with uh, developer responses or, or their timeliness in actually providing um you know support for the game and i feel like square enix really knocks it out of the park and that they really care about the game and and the people like yoshi p and the producer and, and the team working on it really really work on on responding and, and, and making fixes as quickly as possible and, and adding content um you know ma- making your subscription worthwhile yeah, I guess that that's a good thing to bring up, right? It is it is a subscription-based MMO. A lot of MMOs now are free to play or at least free to free to try. But uh Final Fantasy 14 does require a subscription. I believe there is there is some kind of trial, either two-week trial or one-month trial. I'm not 100% sure about that, but yeah, I, I I'd be surprised if there was a promo. Wasn't. If you purchase the vehicle or the vehicle, if you purchase the game flat out, it's a 30-day free trial, one month. But there is, I think Smiley is correct. There is a there is a two week trial. People can try it out for free, and I think get up to level twenty with. Oh yeah, buying the game. Yeah, yeah just downloading. Oh, interesting. Get up to level okay, 20 cool. of as many classes as you want for two weeks. So that's that's kind of at least a way you can try it without having to dedicate actual funds to it. Um, what about you, Van? I know you recently came back from a little bit of a hiatus from Final Fantasy XIV. What have you, uh, for people who don't know, a recent expansion just came out, so so there's a lot of new stuff going on. What, what stru- struck you since the game, has, since you've had uh, some time away about coming back to the game? Yeah, um, it's well worth the grind to start unloading or unlocking heaven's ward if you guys are coming back like i was um i took i took quite a bit of hiatus probably a good six months or so so i was behind on a couple of the um expansions or mini expansions where they added some new content some new dungeons and whatnot and those don't cost anything by the way the um small expansions and um so I had a lot of grinding to do with the normal story quest that I wasn't very pleased with, to be honest, but it was well worth it because once I got to the new place, um, Ishgar, I believe is the name of it. Is that correct? Guys? Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, okay, I mean, so Ish- yeah, once Ishgar, I, got, I think, yeah. 
Ishgard. Ishgard. Yeah, so yeah, once I got to Ishgard, I started some doing some real, real new quests, and but all that all that real um, new, fancy, colorful world um, started popping again because it was a whole new environment that I haven't seen. It was world and lands that I haven't traversed before, and so it was all new and fresh and exciting to me again. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I really um, hope to hit it hard this weekend and start getting my character up. It's 51 right now. They with the recent expansion, they increased it to 60, but I hope to get my character up to at least 55 um, by over the weekend. So I'm really going to grind out some stuff and looking forward to it. Nice. So let's. So so I mean, it's. Did I not a, answer your question? I did. No, no, you absolutely did. And uh, I mean, I think I think that was well eloquently put. I think the the next thing I'd like to talk about though is you know I mean no game is is perfect. So is is there anything? And I'll go back to shy on this. Is there anything about Final Fantasy fourteen that that you wish they did better, or that maybe you're a little bit dissatisfied with? Hmm. Um, I think that I think that for one thing, Heaven's Ward has has done a lot to fix a lot of glaring issues with 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 the original with the Realm Reborn. I think that um, one thing I know Van and I used to talk a lot about was just openness to the game and like exploration like aspects. And and Realm Reborn was very uh, it just seemed claustrophobic at times. And it seems like Heaven's Ward. I mean, I mean, it doesn't just seem like it. Heaven's Ward like the areas are like four times, five times, six times bigger than than the areas in the in the original release. And so I think that. I think that's one big thing they have fixed. I think that um, one thing I loved about Eleven, and I mean we'll go back to Eleven a lot. I'm sure, like just you know, we're talking about any MMO, um, and I know Van agrees with this. Is I loved their uh, the system that they had of hunting um, like random spawn enemies called notorious yes. monsters, and and just like you know like and, and I think it ties into like something else that we've talked a lot about, and that is you know not like a vertical loop progression, but like a horizontal loop progression, and so you're not constantly replacing your gear like over and over and over it's not a gear treadmill but you can actually upgrade pieces that will actually last you maybe even to end game but they may not be max level because you know you've hunted that or you've put a lot of time to get that piece and maybe it's 20 levels below the level you are but it's still worthwhile and and notorious monsters played a lot into that you could hunt these rare monsters and compete with people for them and, and just that uh a sense of accomplishment when you could when you finally killed it and it finally dropped that piece you wanted and then maybe that was a piece you'd use for 30 40 levels or even till till the end game that's that's one thing I, I do miss and i just don't know that we'll we'll see that in mmo again yeah i think it's hard because there are a lot of people like you guys who, who really like that competition aspect but for every person who liked it there's always one or two who complained about it right who said you know it's unfair i i can't get it i don't have time to sit around and the monsters never drop and i can never win the claim and unfortunately a lot of times i get con compounded by botters who use you yeah, know third party programs to 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 get an unfair advantage in that kind of stuff and so uh one thing about five 14 is they've definitely gone pretty hard against the against the, the hacking and botting community to try to keep the game clean and i think a lot of a lot of maybe things in the game that we would like to see aren't there not because they don't want to implement them but because they they say you know what this is a this is a breeding ground for botters and and it's more trouble than it's worth to put it in or even gill sellers i mean how big yeah. of a pain yeah. has that been but yeah, no, I agree 100% with everything that Shy was talking about. That competition aspect was awesome. The the feeling you got when that mob turned red, and what I mean by that is it would turn red only if you claimed it, uh, meaning you got the first action on it. But the feeling it got when it, it turned red and you were able to, to beat on them was, was awesome. And that's better than beating them off, too. <laughs> Le leaping boots, anybody? Most of the attention on our podcast. All right. <laughs> So some of the drawbacks that I would that I would cite of this game, and I think the game has a pretty helpful community, but it is a game that, especially once you get to the end, if you really want to experience higher end content, you you really need some people to run with. It, it's just like a lot of MMOs, even though it's a lot more accessible to solo play, and there's a lot of things you can do by yourself. It's it, there's definitely things that you need a group for, and if you're trying to do things with pickup groups or just you know kind of get random cues for some of these harder harder fights it can be a lot more frustrating i think than if you have a group to run with so um if if maybe you're the type who has a hard time making friends in online video games or doesn't really like to you know get into active active guilds or link shells or things like that i think that's one of the complaints i've heard about the game is that it can be challenging if you're kind of a lone wolf type not that there's not things to do but it, you kind of get cut out of some of the content or you have maybe a harder road what about you van is there is there anything you can think of i mean what about you know why did you guys leave final fantasy 14 in the first place are there things like that that you could it, you know cite 
Yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing that, that made me leave, and this is going to make me sound like a tryhard that I am, but is the fact that it was too easy to get to, to max level in the game. And then once you got there so quickly, you know, you were running the same dungeons and beating your head over coil for, you know, three times a week trying to trying to beat the very last phase or whatnot. But it seemed like that was the only reason um, to log in at that point, because everything else was that I wanted to level was leveled up. Um, there was no sense of accomplishment for me to level up another job just because it was it was easy and it was, um, you know, quest grinding, which I hate, or you can, you know, do dungeons or whatnot. So obviously there were things I can make that I could have done to extend it, but it's it's weird how if you have the option to go fast, you choose to go fast, fast even though you, you, you prefer that it not be there. And that's how I am with, like, the minimap, and I know, Smiley, you mentioned this a few times also, mm. but, like, I cannot stand the minimap in MMOs or any traversing, world traversing game because I just stare at that minimap from point A to point B. And although there's an option to remove it, for some reason I don't remove it because I'm like, well, screw it. If everybody else is using it, I want to use it too, so I'm not holding myself back. But, um, yeah, really long and and, well, the long of an answer is it was just it was too easy um, to get endgame. I got burned out too fast once I got up there, and there was really no reason to continue playing for me. So I decided to just give it a break, like with many MMOs in the past. You give it a break, and you come back, and it's it's fresh and exciting again. And I thought that was the best decision for me. I see. Not to I'm going to digress terribly here, but this weekend I was playing Final Fantasy X, which I'll get to a little bit later. And my son was watching me play. And he said, "Dad, you don't have the uh, you don't have the mini map on." And I was like, nope, sure don't. And he's nice. like, he was so confused. He couldn't <laughs> understand. Awesome. He's like, why wouldn't you not have it on? It's it's there to help you find out where to go. I <laughs> thought he was going to say, Dad, why is Titus such a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he likes Titus. Uh, Titus oh, gosh. Well, let, I like Titus, Final, too. And don't, let's say I like Final Fantasy, Fantasy X. His, it was a, uh, I thought it was a very, very good game. It's actually probably one of my top 10, maybe 15 games. I liked well, it a lot. Uh, well, you'll have an opportunity to discuss it because it's, it's on the list for later. <laughs> Sure. Um, anything else about Final Fantasy XIV? I think we've given people a little bit of taste what to expect. I mean, again, it's pretty standard fair MMO stuff. If, if you're into MMOs and you're looking for something interesting, it's a kind of a good time to come back because the new expansion just came back. You're, you're really able to jump right into the thick of things. If, if you've been gone for a while and catch up pretty quickly, um, you're not you're not that far behind because everything just got reset for pretty much everybody. And shy, anything else? Well, I mean, and I think. Yeah, I mean, you're speaking from a from like a gear and like progression standpoint, but like sure. obviously they have to like if they were playing for they probably they possibly have a lot of story to could could be some muddle through yes. and, and uh. whatnot. Um, I think the only thing to, to mention people probably I mean it'd be easy to find this out, but just to emphasize that it is a it is a um, tab target MMO, right? It's not an action MMO, mm -hmm. which that's yes. much more of a dichotomy in today's market. There's action MMOs and there's tab target ones. So. That's a very good point and something we. Failed to bring up in our MMO comparisons of a couple podcasts ago. Shame on us. Yeah, how did we miss that? We miss a lot of things in that podcast. We might have to have a, a part two to set the record straight on some of that stuff. But Word. Uh, all right, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about another game that we're all playing together. And now we're going to preface this a little bit by saying we just started playing this together last night. Uh, even though we again, yes! even though Best we played even ever. even though we played it pretty extensively in the past we'd, we'd all taken a long break and then during some Final Fantasy 14 maintenance uh we, we got sucked back into a little game called Planet Side 2 and now Van I think you're probably of all of us the one who spent the most time with Planet Side 2 judging by your character levels in that game so why don't you give us the rundown of what, what Planet Side 2 is all about for people who maybe haven't heard of it or have only played it briefly Sure. So Planetside 2 is a sci-fi futuristic first-person shooter that they claim to be an MM. Well, actually, I guess it is an MMO by by any stretch of the imagination that there's like literally is. hundreds of people um, you know, on the map at the same exact time. So it definitely justifies the the title MMO. Um, it's a conquest continent which is absolutely huge with no zoning which is one of the amazing features um imagine all of you who play uh call of duty or battlefield um series it's it's literally dozens of battlefield maps stitched together um traversing you know you can you can go from different or different areas seamlessly um but it's a giant continental conquest where instead of having one zone to capture you have maybe 30 zones on a map to capture and there's three different factions um the red, blue, and purple. Purple is Vanu. Um, red is 
Terran Republic, and then yes. blue is the new conglomerate. So um, when your faction actually uh, conquers a continent, you will get a boost for the entire faction. So if red con uh, conquers a continent and say whatever continent it is, um, they may get like a boost to um, spawn equipment more and, and stuff. So um, also, yeah, that brings up a good point or um, reminds me of something. One of the awesome things about the or best features about the game is that there are many, many, many vehicles um, to use. And there's four different classes. You have your healers, you have your engineers, you have your assaults, you have your um, I guess there's five because you have your snipers and then you have your max also. But you have a ton of vehicles to fly in. There's um, fighter planes. There's, I guess, what we just found out in the new update, there's a Valkyrie, which is like an attack plane. So not like your typical one-seater high maneuver, but like a heavy vehicle that moves that, you know, can be swift, but not as slow as your bombers um, and still do like massive damage. You have your bombers and you have your super transports for the air for the ground. You have a bunch of different tanks and you have Jeeps and all this fun stuff to help you get around this massive continent. But all in all, it's a first person shooter, futuristic. It's a lot of fun. It's very exciting. And with the new graphical updates, it's an absolutely beautiful game. And I highly encourage anybody to play it. Best part of all, it's free to play and they actually do the free to play portion pretty well. Um, there is a pay prescription. Uh, subscription that you can do. Sorry, not prescription. <laughs> the doc doctor's <laughs> order place to play on the side too. <laughs> There's a paid subscription that you can do that will give you bonuses, 50% uh, more XP inserts, and all this other stuff that that helps you unlock weapons um, and you know modify your vehicle and unlock attachments for your vehicles and stuff like that. But all that stuff, um, just like League of Legends, could be earned just by playing the game. Uh, so you can earn the certs you know, just by playing the game and you can get the same unlocks. It just might take you a little bit longer than some whale who's willing to orca all over the game. A <laughs> uh, couple other things that, that people should definitely know about it. I think one of the big claims for Planet Side 2 is that it's a persistent map. So, you know, you kind of called, went back to Call of Duty or Battle Battlefield, yeah, very things like that. Those are those are matchmaking, right? Like you, you'll play to a certain number of kills or a certain number of captures or something. In sure. Planet Side 2, maps are there. And they're open 24/7. There's no, they don't reset or anything. They'll, once you capture them, they'll kind of be locked. That particular content will be locked for a while to give it a chance to kind of reset and force people to other maps. But uh, I think to really just to keep people from just like pinning down and and sitting on, you know, sitting on bases with an unfair advantage. But there there is no, there are no rounds or anything. It's just it's like an open world first person shooter where you can log in at any time and there's people out there fighting and the thing if you you know if you fight for a couple hours and then take a break and then come back a couple hours later you know the the map is going to have changed as as factions have pushed one way or another but but the work you've done is still is still relevant to that match or in, to, to the game in general because there are no matches um, secondly, this game just came out for PlayStation 4, um, and it is also available for the PC. The The servers are not cross-compatible, so if you're playing on the PC and you got a buddy on the PS4, you'd have to you'd have to get on the same system to do it, but they are available for both. Uh, Shai, I, we've omitted you for a while. What, what's your thoughts on Planet Side 2? Um, I don't, it's, it's a ton of fun. Um, I think one of, one of the things I think is the coolest um, aspect of Planet Side is... Uh, is how much you find from people enjoying different things. Like, I know, uh, I know, like when Van and I were playing back in the day, like we both really liked piloting. And like even like the other night when we were when we were playing, I'm like, man, I just want to get back in the air. Like, um, and then you know, like but I also know Van liked armor, and I think you also like armor to a certain extent as well. And so and then like there's people that I think we all enjoy doing the infantry aspect as well, and like you know, charging bases and capping points. Like, there is there's just so much diverse diversity in combat and what you can do um that i just think makes it a really really engaging experience um just just a lot of fun yeah speaking of engaging i, I remember uh, there's one part where um shy and i like nerded it up like crazy we joined this hardcore militaristic um faction and i'm gonna give a shout out to my guys over at uh sunder military gaming because they were the ones who who let us join for a while and um it was it was a lot of fun and, and one of my greatest times playing this game was being in this giant faction this faction they had um a platoon which was a makeup of squads so say we had eight persons in each squad and we had um three different squads well we had one squad dedicated to air and i would have my good buddy shy up in an air and i know he's in this attack fighter i'd be on the ground in a heavy like securing a, an area and then we'd have you know um uh, my wife uh, Sheeny, she would be like on infantry and she'd be you know capping the point so it's just this this huge 
dynamic that's going on, which is really awesome because she's inside capping the point, talking to the commander who's relaying stuff to armor, saying, hey, we're getting some push from, you know, the south gate. So then armor all rolls over to the south gate. And, and if uh, armor is being attacked by the air, I'll call, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll report over to our commander and the commander will report to Shy Squad. And Shy, uh, you just see him swooping in with these jets just coming in and taking the armor out that's trying to take us out. And it was just, it's, it's crazy. It was, it was a lot of fun and, and really engaging and really immersive. So let's go. Let's go to the to the other side of this coin as well, which uh, is going to maybe be able, we'll have to dig a little bit deeper to find things that we're not as happy with Planet Side Two since we're back for all of one day. So we're clearly still in the re honeymoon phase of this game. But um, Shad, do you see anything about Planet Side Two that you that you feel like, oh man, you know, now that I'm back, I, I've forgotten about this, which I don't really prefer so much, or this is one of the reasons I maybe stopped playing in the first place. <coughs> Camping. <laughs> well, all right. There's two things. There's two things, and I think um, one one thing we kind of talked a little bit about today in chat, and I think one you and I were talking a little bit about last night. And I think the first thing, um, just I've been thinking about Planet Side Two a lot today, and I've had a lot of excitement for it, but I've also had some like some uh, um, trepidation. Perhaps? Trepidation, exactly. And and part of that is because I remember how much time I had to put into Planet Side Two to get to where I felt I was really competent, especially when it came to like flying and stuff like that. Like I put a lot of hours into flying in that game to like really feel like I learned how to fly. Um, and uh, and and so that's one thing. Um, the other thing I would say, and just I mean, this is more just for new new you know people listening to us, so they just kind of know where it stands. And and I think we were I was talking to you guys a little about this in chat today, but uh, um, you know I think like like the 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 future of the game, while not unsteady, I think right now it may be in kind of a stagnant point. Like the developer recently was you know retaken up by different. Um, you know, basically a different financial source, and I think they, their teams have trimmed down a little bit, trimmed it down a little bit, and so I think that at, right now it may. I mean, while it's a great time for someone new to come in, um, you know, there may just not be a lot happening. I mean, th- and this is definitely not an authoritative thing at all, but but I think there may be some transition happening in the game, and so um, I mean, I, so that's something that I, I'm I, I'm a little concerned about. I mean, not that I'm not going to play it. I think it's I think it's a great game, but just I think it's good being being transparent and knowing where a game stands. And with with any MMO, really, it's it's the people you play with that make the game. You can have a mediocre game, or you know, a, a great game by other people's perspective, and you're playing it solo. You're not gonna enjoy it as much as when you're with your your homies and you can call out to Shire. Like that example I gave, that only happened because my friends were playing and we were playing with other people. Um, that's really where the Planet Side Two series shines is in that multiplayer aspect with people you know and can coordinate with. But yeah, that's really good to to point out, Shire. I'm, I'm kind of. Uh, you know, interested to see what direction it's going to head. And, but it sounds like, you know, uh, the person who purchased SOE or the purchase person who purchased the game, um, you know, did so for a reason and spent a lot of money. So hopefully they want to, they want to keep it up and they're a big fan of it. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think, um, whenever there's uncertainty at the management and ownership level, that's always gives you a pause. But, um, I think, a game, a game like Planet Side Two, maybe is a little bit less worrisome than, say, maybe a uh, true MMORPG, where, uh, you know, a game like Final Fantasy XIV is so reliant on new content coming out. If they stopped content updates for four months, I think a lot of the player base would be gone because it's just nothing to do. Um, whereas in a game like this, I mean, you're playing the game kind of governs itself, and you're not. And while new content and balances and, and you know balance shifting and new areas and new vehicles and all that good stuff is is amazing, and, and you definitely want that. I think the game is a little easier able to subsist on its own based on the nature of the game, the type of game that it is. So I think that's a good thing. Uh, I would also echo the fact that it is a. I, I think one of the best things about the game is the synergy aspect of it. Um, I know even just last night, you know, we were running around with. Um, you know, kind of a balanced team where we were, the three of us were, were making an impact on the map because we worked together well as a team. Uh, I was able to be a scout and provide some heavy support, whereas Ashai and Van were both running around as medics. And even though I died very frequently, they were always Thank there you, to heal me up or, or raise me up and get some EXP from that. So there's a lot of cool synergy aspects to the game where if you do have a couple people to play with, you can you can actually accomplish some, some cool stuff and feel like you're accomplishing some cool stuff. Um, my downside to it is, and I think Van mentioned this a little bit, is is the competition and and unfortunately a lot like real-time strategy games i'm just not that good at first-person shooters they're not my wheelhouse (laughs) and so a a lot of times i get i get messed up i you know and it can be very frustrating that's why you you, needed two healers that's why you (laughs) that's why i'm running with the right group right but i mean it, it can be very frustrating when you when you spawn you 
get into a confrontation and you die, you don't kill anybody. And then you raise up and then you die again. And then you raise up and you die again. And you're like, what am I doing? I'm just, you know, all I'm doing is dying. I'm not really contributing anything. It can be, sure. it can kind of bring you down a little bit. So, uh, and, and to Shai's point too, I think there is a bit of a commitment there. Like, I feel like I could probably get a lot better at the game, but how much time do I want to dedicate to playing it to really train myself to be good? That's, that's, that's always an interesting question. So... Any other thoughts on uh, Planet Side 2, gentlemen? It's worth it. Go out there, download it, whether it's on PS4 or whether it's on PC. Give it a try. It's very in-depth uh, character, not necessarily creation, but customization, and you'll you'll absolutely enjoy it. You you will not regret it, and it'll be hours and hours of fun. Just make sure you bring a friend along. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest argument for a free-to-play game, right? I mean, it's free. <laughs> like, just try yes. it out. Yeah, it's, it doesn't hurt to try it, and, and to, the, to the extent that we talked about before, there's not a lot of doesn't feel very pay to win it feels like you know maybe you can accelerate a lot but you don't feel like you're at a disadvantage where oh man you know this guy dropped 200 bucks he's just going to beat me every time it, you don't really i don't get that feeling at least no i i, I don't and there's there's no way you could do it otherwise i would do that <laughs> i paid i want to win let's do this <laughs> all right how uh, much well, does it cost well, to win how, how much do how much am i going to put out here all right um all right so i think i think we're at a, probably a good time to take a break and then uh once now that we've talked about the, the games that we're kind of playing together maybe we'll briefly go into some of the games that each of us are enjoying either two of us or one of us are enjoying on our own and uh give you a couple more ideas if neither of those stuck out with you so we'll be right back with focus target So your disc drives are empty, all your games are on the shelf. In fact, you just don't know what to do with yourself. Well, Focus Target's here with the games to play. That'll help you find a way through your boring ass day. We got games to keep you busy till the end of time. And I guarantee most are better than my rhymes. So listen to our words, listen to our voices. And I promise that we'll provide you with some decent choices. <laughs> DK on my beat. And we are back with Focus Target, and thanks as always for staying with us. Uh, so we've given you a couple games to play, but now we're going to go through a little bit quicker and just kind of hit some of the games that each of us individually are playing. And one of those games uh, I know that Shy and I have been playing together is DFO, which stands for Dungeon Fighter Online, a PC game that has just been resurrected from the dead. Uh, Shy, why don't you tell us a little bit about DFO? Yeah, well, like you said, uh, it's a PC uh, PC game. It is a Korean MMO, uh, massive multiplayer online game. Um, but where it's it's kind of um, kind of stands out from the rest of the MMOs out there on the market is that it's uh, it's like an MMO beat 'em up game, um, similar to like if you think of like a game like Streets of Rage or like uh, Double Dragon. Um, Final Fight. You, uh, yeah, if you think of games like that, but you think of it like uh, like massively multiplayer online with like really over the top like anime styled attacks and like super like attacks and stuff like that um you have dfo um and so well it's interesting like you said it's been resurrected uh this was a game the number of us uh, you, you and myself a couple of other friends of ours played uh, a number of years ago and then um the company that was currently developing it uh closed it basically deemed it i guess unprofitable in the in the united states now the korean version has continued you know throughout that time and has been wildly successful and now um the you know the actual developers of the game now are trying to rebring it back to the Western market and uh, and it's just funny because I think during that time that it was down like even though we were playing other games we went back and played some eleven played some of the games that game kind of filled a niche for us when we started playing it that we've never been able to replace and I remember we were all really excited when we heard it was coming back to the Western market and and I think we've had some some varied uh, reactions and emotions towards it since we've been playing it for over the last couple months but uh, but it's a fun game yeah I think the the real interesting thing about dfo is it, it is truly an mmo there is it, it's all about grinding dungeons and getting gear the gear is very robust and exciting there's you know every every piece of gear has cool abilities that change the effects of your abilities or power your abilities up or you know give you better stats or give you resistances i mean it's a very deep game uh, a very challenging game in a lot of ways as well and and very big so it's it's a game that you can put a lot of time into and uh if you if you liked fighting games or beat em up games i mean it it's a it's a it's very different as i said there's not a lot of games quite like it on the market one of the great things about it is the character customization not from a looks perspective but there are I don't know. Was it? It's probably up to ten or eleven classes now, right, Shy? Uh, oh, easily. Because I think it's. Uh, yeah. I think we're at like six or seven different like base 
like characters, and then like you know three or four subclasses underneath yes, that. So there's yeah. probably twenty plus, I think. Well, oh, oh no, classes. I, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the so there's each class. So there's so there's this is like a subclass. So there's like a slayer, or a priest, or a uh, you know a, a thief or something like that. And then each of those jobs, a lot of them have either a male or a female version, which have some sometimes the differences are small sometimes the differences are pretty significant and but then each kind of overarching job has four different subclasses that it can branch out into all of which have a fairly unique set of skills and uh that's the really great thing about the game is there's a lot of it's i think it scratches an itch for me because it's the kind of game that I liked in Final Fantasy XI in that it was it was fun to level the jobs for the sake of leveling them. You don't like I, I mean there is an end game and the end game is, is getting more and more robust all the time. But it's it's the kind of game that you can enjoy playing for the sake of playing it, and that's where I feel like it really shines. And and as we've discussed maybe a little bit in the past, too many games I feel like are just. Uh, you know, they're a race to the finish line. And then when you get to the finish line, you're like, okay, now what do I do? Whereas I, I don't feel that way as much with DFO. Any drawbacks to DFO, Shy? I'm, I'm sure you can think of a couple. Yeah, well, and uh, and so, I mean, a good example is, like, I have not been playing very I had not been playing very much of it over the course of probably the last month or so until just a few weeks ago, and that's because a new class came out that has never been in the game for the Western release up until now, and I wanted to try it out, and I've been enjoying it a lot. But I think... What you were saying um, earlier that it was that it is truly a grindy MMO, I think, is is a big drawback for some people. I think that the benefit, if you look at a game like fourteen, Final Fantasy fourteen, um, there's a lot to do in that world. Even if you like, let's say you're not that interested in like grinding dungeon all the time. Like you can be a crafter. You can be, you know, there's a lot of the, you know you can do the gathering professions. There's a lot of different things you can do in that game. Um, in DFO, like it is, you level a character and you grind dungeons and you just keep leveling. And so there are there's definitely a certain point in the game where that becomes very apparent. And I think that I would agree with you where you said that um it's a game all about leveling. And, I, and I, that's why I love about DFO. I love like playing a class and getting the new abilities. But when you get to a certain point and and specifically it's in the like the mid 50s, um, you start getting those abilities less frequently, and you start grinding a lot more. <laughs> and so I think yeah. normally that's that's the big turnoff point for me when I'm playing a character in that game is I start losing interest at that point. You can really feel the treadmill at times, right? Like that that's there. It, it does feel it is a grindy game, and I mean I think Korean games in general are very have that reputation of kind of being slow leveling and, and pretty grindy and, and a lot of sometimes a lot of repetition which can be a turnoff so it's definitely not right for everybody but it's another game that's it's on the pc it's free to play um it's, it's something that uh, you know if, if you're looking for something interesting and something a little bit different it might be fun to try out uh not a lot of cost to that and I think something that we brought up with PS with with Plant Side Two is that um, about the pay to win aspects. Like, I think there's practically no pay. I mean, as far as I can even think about, yeah, it, there's practically right no now. pay to win a- aspects Maybe in of DFO. The future, but, not and, right now. but but even like, I think the key component of DFO is that there's not. It's not like there's not competitive gameplay unless you are strictly a PvP. And I believe there's even a lot of scaling in the arena. So there like, is, unlike yes. a lot of like games where like Arcade or like these games where there's open world PvP stuff like that, where like you know you can really pay to win. Like, you can pay to, like, beat people in PvP. Like, this is a game, this is very much a, what feels like a PvE-focused MMO, I feel like. Very, very strongly PvE-focused. And so, like, if someone else is somehow paying to win for their character, like, it's not going to affect you at all. Like, it, you know what I mean? That's just yeah, that's character. true. It, it, it is a little bit more self-contained. There is an arena. There is a, a pretty big PvP community, I think. But um, that I think that's a side that we haven't focused on as much because we're not as, as, as gamers here, we're not as into it in that particular arena. Uh, Van, what about you? What what are you playing these days, my friend? Um, as I mentioned on the last podcast, the, the game that's probably taking up a majority of my time would have to be Destiny. Um, now, interestingly enough, that that actually stopped about a week ago, so maybe I'm just taking a, a quick hiatus. Just but, some time um, for Planet Side Two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe one had to do with the other, but um, Destiny is the game I'm playing. And and if you don't know what Destiny is, you've been living under a rock or in a cave. Um, Destiny is a first-person shooter. They claim to be an MMO. Unlike Planet Side Two, I think that's arguably false um, for many reasons. That yes, you can play with essentially anybody else in the game, um, like a multiplayer aspect. But the most amount of people you will ever see is inside the small city um or the main city which they call um the tower and now there's also the reef with a new expansion not the taken king but the most recent one um house of wolves but anyways 
you, the most you'll so, see is 20 people, I think. Yeah, or, it seems like the, the big differentiation is that Planet Side 2 is heavy on the MMO side, maybe a little lighter on the RPG side. Sure. Destiny delivers on the RPG part. Yes. Of it, but the MMO, uh, Not so know. much. I don't know. But... Nonetheless, it's a first-person shooter. Um, as Smiley mentioned, it's an RPG, so you can uh, choose between three different classes. One of them is best described as a mage. Another one is best described as a tank. And probably the third one is like a hunter, or what is it called, a hunter, or like a rogue-type, um, fast, you know, heavy-hitting, sniping-type stuff. But anyways, you can pick your, your characters, and you can go along a tree, and you can customize them um, with little variances, where you whether you want more stuff into, you know, um, defense versus agility, um, versus recovery and whatnot. So you can modify your character. Uh, you go out, um, you know, conquer the galaxy, um, or I guess the universe, because it's not really a galaxy yet. Who knows what's going to happen when the Taken King comes out? But solar essentially, system, really. yeah, solar system, really. Um, yeah, just and just a few planets of said solar system. <laughs> but what 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 Destiny does? Destiny does very 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 well um, as a first person shooter. It's extremely fluid. It's a fun game. It's a beautiful game. Um, and it's there's there's very uh, there's varying degrees of dynamicity dynamics in the game, um, depending on whether you're in a raid or whether you're just soloing. Um, you know, there's some aspects to having a titan versus a hunter while on a specific raid or whatnot. But without going into detail, your classes do matter somewhat. But ultimately, um, it's a fun game. Uh, they say the game really doesn't start till you're level 20, and now with the new expansion come out, the game's really not going to start till you're level 30, because you can literally grind, as we understand grinding being traditional um, XP earning to get your level. You can grind up to level 20 right now, and then you start earning this new thing called Light, which will get you up to your level 34. So, uh, fun game, beautiful game. Uh, as a shooter, it's it's absolutely polished and, and exciting to play, um, but still has a little bit of work to do. So, what about you, Smiley? I know you played it quite a bit, and what what did you like about it? The thing I liked most about Destiny was they they got the mechanics right, as you mentioned. It's, I mean, if I mean, if you if you didn't know, Destiny developed by uh, the makers of Halo, which is the Bungie, the original Halo, the Bungie team, and I mean, they just they just know first person shooters, man. They know how to get that balance right. Like the the weapons have that feel of weight to them when you when you're firing them. It just it's it's a game that you can just play and enjoy. You can just – never have I played a game where I've just enjoyed running around shooting monsters so much. I mean, it's it gets that part perfect. You know, the, the jump physics are very good. Um, it it yeah. feels like you're in control of your character. Whoever thought that you can explore in a first-person shooter? Like, that's unheard of. That's not normal. But in this game, you actually do explore the areas. You know, it has, like, Earth and – and um, Mars and, and Venus and whatnot and the moon and just exploring was cool like the first time I went to the moon I thought it was the coolest thing ever yeah, I just wanted to run yeah. around and check out what was going on I think you were with me when we first went yep. to the moon for the first time that's true so yeah very, very all, beautiful all three game. of us were together I believe I believe it was yep. the three of us yeah very beautiful game very fun and um, it was probably the first game I ever played as a first person shooter that included raiding so where you could take multiple people with guns into a dungeon and like a like a normal traditional dungeon where you fight trash get to the boss fight the boss via you know specific mechanics in order to earn the end game loot so they did that really well it was cool to do it with a gun in your hands as opposed to a staff or a dagger i think i think they got the loot pretty good in that game too for the most part i think I think Shy might have uh, some things to say about the way the loot was in Destiny, and, and they're going to be good points, so I'm teasing you on that. But um, overall, I think when you compare, I mean, I think the game that Destiny is probably compared most to is Borderlands. And I feel like the biggest difference in those games, besides the style and the and the humor, is the is the loot, the way the loot drops, the way the loot scales, and how you get it. And I, I just like Destiny's a lot better. But uh, I want to give the mic over to Shy briefly here, because I know Shy played destiny with us for quite some time and, and has kind of, it's kind of faded as, as i think you mentioned in the last podcast it's faded a little bit in your eyes uh do you have some do you have some maybe the other side of the coin like what's some of the drawbacks of destiny yeah i mean it's 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 hard to think of why you stop playing a game sometimes when you have such good memories of it right yeah, i mean yeah. i have such great memories right? of playing destiny with you guys and it's such a fun game and everything you guys have said I mean, bring up great points. I mean, it is a game that is just fun to play. But uh, I think, like a lot of MMOs, I mean, it can just it can become a grind. And I think, um, I think the I mean, the two things I think of when I think of that game is I think um, I think that Bungie didn't like. Whereas I really praise Square Enix for listening to their fans in Final Fantasy XIV. I think that Bungie doesn't do as good of a job as listening to their fans, and maybe they're getting better as at it. 
as they go, but I think that they have they took the approach with the game at the beginning of this is what this is how we think you should enjoy this game or this is how we think we should develop this game, not let's try to develop the game for you guys. And so I think so, that uh <clears throat> yeah. I bet if they listened to their fans you would just be throwing money at the screen, right? <laughs> yeah, there's there's <laughs> interviews out there that are very interesting to to uh, uh I mean and I think Bungie I'm sure as a team is is a great group of people. And so you know, I mean, um there's been just some some odd things. Um but I think the other part that threw me off too was just just the way I think while the light system is cool, it just I think it is an odd system as well. And I I think that while I I enjoyed leveling up in, in the way that they wanted you to level up, it also as opposed to leveling up your character basically leveling up with gear, it's it's definitely different and I don't know that I just ever really thought it was awesome like i still like the idea of leveling up your character and like you know putting those you know and, and not being tied to, to to like leveling up your gear i don't well, know this let me different. let me challenge you on that though because final fantasy 14 does the exact same thing you hit max level in final fantasy 14 like a year ago and you've just been leveling up by gear for since, up until the expansion came out very recently with with your gear level yeah yeah maybe, good point it's yeah, not a numerical so, value yeah so necessarily yeah so maybe it's just another way of putting eye level in there but um yeah, I guess I don't know. I never really thought about it that way in you know, fourteen. I guess. So, so I mean, maybe it's it's about presentation. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah it, perception. Yeah, in Destiny, you actually like, but Destiny like forces you to level. I guess, and I don't know. Like, I guess that's where like I feel like there's there's a difference though, because whereas fourteen throws a bunch of different content at you that you have to master and you get rewarded with gear, Destiny throws gear at you that you have to sink a lot of time into leveling up so then you can like face new content. And and I think there's like I think there's a dichotomy there, um, in how you and how the game design is developed, but. So, you didn't address the tease that I threw out, and I'm not gonna let us forget about it this time because I uh, I don't want to be you know leading our leading our listeners astray. But don't uh, be that guy. One, yeah, I know I don't want to be that guy. One of the things I know that you have been critical of in the past, Shy, was the way you get the uniques and epic weapons in oh. Destiny. <laughs> I, I was that, wondering what you were talking about when you said that. <laughs> oh, uh, you've, you've mentioned it so many times, oh, I man. thought you'd know for sure. But I mean, in Destiny, yeah. there's no way to target specific yeah. items. So yep. if, if you oh. if there's a gun that you just think looks oh, so man. cool and you really want it there's nothing ostensibly that you can do that's yeah. a huge detriment and, and, and during the height of my playing of the game i seriously burned myself out because i mean i was a huge hand cannon fan and there was a hand cannon i wanted to get and there was no way i could i could target like you said no way so i was pouring hours into the game every week to do everything i could uh, to get a chance to get that drop but you could get anything from as the drop and so you're right yeah. that, that uh, wasn't unlike, unlike then, a lot what, of games where you could go to a specific dungeon say okay i know this monster drops this yeah, item so i gotta right. farm him it's and very you get broad. one chance a week with a lot of these drops too. You if you didn't get it that week, you had to wait till next week and do that dungeon to try to get a drop or whatnot. But what's also more frustrating um is that your friend who you're playing with, who you raid with weekly, could have gotten that same gun seven times and just destructed it, you know, deconstructed it for whatever reason. So it's yeah, that's absolutely frustrating. When you're looking for it and your friend gets it seven times and all he does is trash it. Because he can't trade it to you. There's nothing yeah, you can do. Yeah, the lack of trading, I think, definitely hurt that. I mean, sure. I don't know why. I think they could have really gotten gotten somewhere by just, even if you're doing a trade amongst equals, right? Saying you can't just give somebody something. Maybe you have to trade another legendary for it, you know, so that you can't. I mean, they, they really want to control that in-game economy very strictly. And I think, I mean, there is no in-game economy because there's no trading. But they want to right, control. Right, there's no auction house, maybe, nothing like that. They, maybe they didn't. They, what they want to do is, is prevent people from selling items, you know, third-party people making money off their game and i think that goes back a little bit to what shy said about how they wanted to they wanted to make sure that you enjoyed the game the way they intended not nothing really uh nothing really organic necessarily uh all right uh we we could probably do a whole podcast on destiny and uh spoiler <laughs> alert we probably are going to um but uh, what else what else are you playing van anything else <clears throat> so on the, the game yeah, the other game that I'm playing is, is super fun. It's a game that I don't need to de dedicate a ton of time to enjoy. It's that game that where if you have 15 minutes, pick it up, play it, have fun, and then put that bad boy back down. It's called Project Cars. It's a crowdfunded video game, so they don't have anybody to answer to. I mentioned this in another pro podcast. They don't have any you know shareholders or anything that they have to make money off of. They already had the money up front to make the game that the fans want to get. And it must have done well enough because they already announced that they're working on Project Cars 2, which... 
coincidentally enough, it, it irritated a lot of fans, but if anybody has any concept of how game development works, those things take multiple years to release. It's not like they announced Project Cars 2 and it's going to come out next month, but what I love about it is the it's, it's amazing graphics. It's absolutely beautiful just driving around on these tracks that I love and know as a big racing fan. It's really cool to be in that car racing one of my favorite cars, you know, BMW Z4 or something like that in the GT3 class on Laguna Seca, which is a racetrack I go to every year. Absolutely beautiful um the only is that, uh, is that game for ps4 only or is it uh no i'm sorry thank you it's actually pc ps4 and xbox so it oh, is okay. it's multi-platform not for the wii and they say the only reason is it couldn't handle the graphics that they wanted to put to it uh or the frame rate that they wanted but absolutely stunning game very beautiful if you're a fan of racing it's probably the best racing game out for the next gen console so i encourage you to pick it up um, you're going to have a great blast with it. The only thing is it's a heavy simulator, so there's not a lot of description on, you know, what certain things do all the way from compression, dampening, rebound on spring shock rates, all that stuff that I just threw out that sounded like a madman. So very cool. Um, there's still minor, minor glitches, but as I mentioned, it's crowdfunded. It's constantly developed, so I'm sure it'll get fixed uh, in due time. But awesome, awesome game. Throw your money at it. You will be happy. And before we transition, I feel like since we are talking about video games and gaming news, uh, many of you probably know about this, but uh, one of the CEOs of Nintendo, uh, Satoru Iwata, uh, actually yes. passed away this last week. So uh, our respects to, to him and his family, uh, talking about Nintendo Wii. So what what that will mean for Nintendo and Nintendo's future and how, how that may shape uh, things will be interesting because he was uh, I know he was a big player in the in the 3DS the, the DS and the 3DS strategy he was with that yeah. uh, and, and, and the Wii U yeah and the Wii U as well but I, I mean I think the 3DS especially in Japan but even here Nintendo's strongest games I feel like have come out for, for 3DS and, and for the DS so it'll be an interesting to see see where that company looks in the future and if, if we see major changes because of this so um, finally, we'll, we'll, I'll go really quick because we're, we're running a little bit low on time. So uh, I'm going to go through a couple of the games that I'm playing right now. Uh, um, we haven't talked about any iOS or Android games, and so I want to put something on your radar for if you're looking for a good cell phone game. There's a game called Final Fantasy Record Keeper, which uh, I was alerted to a couple weeks back and decided to try out since it was free to download, free to play, and I, I've had a lot of fun with it. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty cool game. You basically go through the story of all the previous major entries in the Final Fantasy series and kind of replay them a little bit in a traditional turn-based combat. The real draw of the game is that you can recruit um, a lot of playable characters from the Final Fantasy series and customize your party however you want. So you can have Titus, who we mentioned before, fighting in a party alongside Cloud from Final Fantasy VII, fighting alongside Kane from Final Fantasy IV, uh, with maybe the Black Mage from Final Fantasy I on your back line. It's it's kind of it kind of lets you and and you're playing through some of these older games from a battle standpoint, so it kind of gives you a chance to almost rewrite the Final Fantasy history a little bit. But uh, if you're looking for a cool Android or or iOS game, uh, I definitely recommend that one. It's 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 worth a look for sure. The other game that I've been spending a lot of time with lately is for the 3DS. It's called Persona Q. Uh, Persona Q is a is a hybrid game that um, kind of took me by surprise when I found out about it. Um, it com- it's actually a combination of two different series of games into a into a game of its own. Uh, if you if anyone's played the Shin Megami Tensei Persona games, which uh, were very popular on the PlayStation 2. And I think there's a new one coming out for PlayStation 4, 3 and 4, for, is Persona 3 coming out. Uh, a little bit of a dark series, but but a solid JRPG franchise. Um, they combined that series with a series for the Nintendo DS and 3DS called Atrian Odyssey, which is a Korean dungeon grinding game. And the big draw to Atrian Odyssey is that Atrian Odyssey is all about mapping your progress so you you go you delve into these dungeons on your top screen and on the little touch screen you're expected to make your own map as you go because these dungeons are very confusing there's all kinds of twists and turns and secret passages and stairs up and down and warps and so you you have to chart your progress as you go and and how well you keep your map can be the difference between life and death because the game is brutally hard even on the easier settings the the combat is very challenging and so it's a very grindy game but persona q takes these two different games and puts them together it's a it's a side entry into the 
persona series um that that is is basically an atrian odyssey game so uh, if you're looking for something quirky or if you're a fan of either of those two series i definitely would give you a recommendation to try that game out for the 3ds um Unfortunately, we're, we're, we're pretty much out of time here. I, was, I really wanted to get to The Witcher and Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy VI, all of which I I'm playing. I wanted you to get to The Witcher, I know. man. I was looking forward to it. Well, you know, maybe you shouldn't talk I, about Project Cars so much. Now. What's going on? Forget <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you know what? We'll, I'm, I think we'll try and do this again. I think we. I, I like this idea of keeping you guys up to date on some of the games that we're playing. Um, just to give you an idea of, of what's out there. Maybe give you a chance to hear about games that you didn't know about or learn a little bit more get about games you've heard of. Um, so, so we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to save it for another time. Um, before we go, though, I would like to give you our information because we'd love to hear from you. Um, we are on Twitter at Focus Target. Uh, we are on YouTube uh, on the Focus Target channel. Uh, we can be emailed at focustargetpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, our blog, focustarget.wordpress.com. If you have comments, questions, suggestions, anything like that, we, we, we can't promise we'll uh, take heed of what you say, but we would certainly love to hear from you. Um, uh, we appreciate you staying with us today as we just basically talked about stuff that was important to us. We hope you found it at least a little bit exciting and fascinating, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. I'm Smiley. This is Shy. And I'm Van. As always, cover us, Porkins. We're out. <laughs>